Hey everyone, happy day. Yeah, I know I haven't been here for a while. It's been whew, something else. I had every intention of posting last Friday about breast reconstruction coding changes, which are actually pretty significant for this year. Uh, but it was just one of those topics where I'm like, ugh, now I need to do the research and explain all these things about breast reconstruction and... I'm going to get to that, but I, you know, I'm in the middle of a ton of 2021 E&M provider training. So it's just been, you know, physician hours are, are crazy. So I'm at, up at 7 a.m. doing training. I'm at 7 p.m. doing training. And it's been a rough couple of weeks, which actually is just wrapping up now. So hopefully there's going to be some more time now on my schedule. But anyway, yeah, lots of poor, poor excuses from old Victoria. My biggest crisis probably going on right now is that I can't, I don't want to say this too loud, my kids in the other room, I can't find the elves on the shelves. I don't know where they got. Um, we I moved and they were in a certain box and I don't know if my sister got rid of the box or they're misplaced currently, but it, time is ticking and I have got to figure out what I'm going to do. One of them has a custom shirt that I made with his name on it and my kid's going to notice if it doesn't have, I mean, I guess I can change the shirt. Um, so that, that is my, oh my gosh, you guys, I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't find these, these elves, where are they? But so hopefully they turn up. Anyway, so I want to talk today about something that was just popping up in my inbox and my tags, like record speed. Uh, people saw it online. We're getting in a tizzy, tagging me and stuff, asking me for my opinion on all kinds of emails and comments. I apologize for the paper rustling. But in any case, here's the deal. So there's supposedly this coding software that has been released that everyone is in a panic now because it states that it is going to, I guess, reduce the need for medical coders. This company, it states, is called Diagnos. It is California-based. It is a start-up company, which means it's a pretty new company. Um, and it is doing software that provides real-time feedback on documentation and coding. Now, one of the interesting things I thought was in this article, it says coding problems can be the difference between success and failure for hospitals. Healthcare providers were decimated by the COVID outbreak, blah, blah, blah. Now they're losing money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So of course, financial pressures are on. And it says here, for every patient encounter, physician spends an average of 16 minutes on administration, okay, mm -hmm. um, which adds up every single day. In addition, codes are entered wrong up to a 30% error rate resulting in missed or delayed reimbursement. Now, interestingly enough, it doesn't state on this article anywhere that that 30% error rate is coder-based or provider-based. So if you think of our current state of um, electronic medical records, most providers go in there and they pick diagnoses. If you're in a large healthcare institution, a lot of the stuff that providers are looking at, particularly for things like E&Ms and office procedures and like family medicine, they're picking codes. They're going out the door unless it's something that maybe is identified that we need to stop and have it specifically be reviewed by a coder. So it's entirely possible that in this group, they're talking about things that maybe aren't actually even being reviewed by coders. I want to talk a minute for, in regards to this, this 
um, automatic coding. So automatic coding has been around for forever. We have computer assisted coding. And sometimes depending on the program, the computer assisted coding is pretty spot on. It's good. It still has to be reviewed. Now, sometimes the computer assisted coding way off the mark couldn't even be close. You're wondering what the hell it was even looking at. And then there's also things like there's a product I've used in several organizations called Ingenious Med, and it has something that helps them pick out their evaluation and management level of service. So a provider will go in and go, yeah, I did a comprehensive history, I did a comprehensive exam, and it was high medical decision making, and that was an admit, so that makes it a 99223, which in theory works. Here's the problem. The provider says they did a comprehensive history, says they did a comprehensive examination, says they did the high medical decision making, but they only in their mind think they did that. So what's actually happening is they're going in and doing a uh, examination that doesn't meet the eight body areas, or they're doing a review of systems and using an, an incorrect statement. They're saying, you know, I did a comprehensive 10 review of system review, and that doesn't constitute because they didn't say 10 individually. It doesn't say all others negative, so et cetera. So even though they're clicking those boxes, the documentation isn't really backing it up. So that's where we run into some of those flaws in these AI technologies. Now, I want to stress here, it also says on here that they believe that with the artificial intelligence and machine learning, they can address some of the inefficiencies that are leading to physician burnout and financial strain. Some. Some is not completely replace all coders. It says they're going to reduce some of the inefficiencies. One thing that I found particularly interesting in here, and it says, you know, it acts like a grammar check checking tool. It kind of checks the natural language, processes it, reads the doctor's notes. It has tools for E&M coding, which I already talked about, you know, how that can come, some, come into play in different ways. And then it says in here, it can also point out missing information in doctor's notes and then provide predictions about the diagnosis and procedures code that could be applied. So here's something I want to stress upon. If you think about even inpatient coding and the query process and how particular the query process has to be that you are not allowed to sort of insinuate that a provider should be selecting a certain code or that they, you know, we, you do, can never prompt a provider in a way that would make them want to upcode or bill for a service that didn't happen. So this is a very, very delicate thing and could be a very slippery slope if the AI would potentially be prompting providers to put things in their documentation that maybe aren't appropriate or do not fit the actual patient medical picture. I would really, really want to see exactly what it is that this software is prompting providers when it's saying that it is pointing out missing information in providers' notes. Is that missing information that maybe supports the code that they should be billing? Or is that missing information that makes them want to bill something that maybe wasn't actually what they did or was a higher reimbursed service compared to what they did? So that's my question there. It also says on here, now this is something I just think is kind of ridiculous. In a study of 39,000 de-identified EHR charts, 
the company found that its machine coding services were about 50% more accurate than human coders, according to a diagnostic review. Diagnostic is the company that produces this software. So they are in a huge financial advantage to state that their own software was more accurate based off of their own studies. So the other thing we have to consider here is it says it was 50% more accurate than human coders. So were these certified coders? Were these just people claiming they're coders and they just work in the coding department? Where was this located? Were they offshore coders? What kind of training did these coders have? Like it doesn't give you any information here about who these these human coders are. I mean, for all I know, they weren't even people that are actually formally trained in coding. It doesn't say certified coders, it just says human coders. So these could be people actually just looking things up in the books for all we're aware based off of this, this supposed study that they did that, you know, of course the outcome will greatly benefit them if it's good. And then it continues on to say that physician practices are already using this service through this partnership. It doesn't tell you what physician practices, if they're large, small, who they are, if they're independent physicians. Physician practices, I mean, that could be two practices with one physician each. It really doesn't identify exactly how many, who, where, what, why, anything like that. Here's the bottom line, guys. We know that AI is very proficient. You know, I think we're in a big scare because of what has happened with transcription, but transcription is different than medical coding. So in transcription, you know, you can one-to-one match a, a word to a word. Medical coding does not quite function exactly in that same kind of realm. In order to abstract a code, an AI would have to be able to read a very long subjective piece of text. And there are things that it potentially can abstract from that. It can abstract certain keywords like colonoscopy or laparoscopic or, you know, aorta. So there's, there's certain pieces that it can pull together. It could pull maybe even something from like the procedure listing on a surgical note. And yes, there's, there's a good amount of things that it can identify, and I'm sure over the years it will get more proficient. There is a lot of talk that over the years, coding may transition to more of an auditing role. And that is very true. If the systems get very, very proficient, um, the coder job will become a little bit more of an auditing job. And to be very, very frank, and I've said this in the past, this is nothing new. If if people think that medical coding is just the concept of looking up something in a book and assigning a code to it, then those type of jobs, yes, that is going to go away. If you think you're just looking up a narrative and you look up the code in the book like a phone book, those type of roles are going to potentially be eliminated because things can get clicked in the AMR, but they will always, always need to be reviewed. I mean, guys, Medicare is just so, so riddled with fraud, so riddled with fraud that even with advanced computer technologies, there will still be needs for reviews, intense reviews. Even if the computers are selecting the code, it will still take someone to screen them, to know what the insurance policies are, to know if it needs a modifier or not, you know, to know if things can or cannot be unbundled. Because I don't think computer technology will ever get to a point where it can review something that is on the CCI edits and know whether or not that is something that can or cannot be unbundled based off of 
what the situation was for that medical procedure or service. And I really think there's still a lot of things that AI will not be able to pick up. Like I, it will take a lot for AI to determine things like cloning, if every patient has the exact same template used, if there is mismatched information. You know, I've seen lots of cases where, you know, the patient comes in for knee pain and in the exam it says um, no knee pain and in the review system it says, you know, no joint complaints or something like that and the, the information is just mismatched. So that's errors where I think coders are going to come into play, where we're identifying those documentation deficiencies that cannot be determined by a computer or by a machine. And, you know, even if you think about Toyota, which is supposed to be, you know, the the king of lean management, they do everything so efficient, and they do have a lot of processes and computers that help them along the way. But at the end, the quality checks have to be done by a person. This is why I stress so, so much to every coder that I come across that you can't just be complacent as a medical coder. You have to get your continuing education. You have to get extra certifications. You have to determine ways to really keep yourself updated, keep yourself informed, because yes, we may eventually get to the day where some of the easier coding tasks are more automated and the coders that are going to be much more marketable in the industry are going to be the ones that have that advanced knowledge that understand things like clinical process more, that understand things like what is written in CPT assist, what's written in the coding clinics, not just being capable of looking up words in the medical coding books. So that is my opinion on that. I don't know if that made that things better for you or worse, because it sounds like you're going to have a lot to uh, to work on in medical coding in order to sustain yourself in this industry. I'm pretty excited by it. As a total side note to get on something completely different, I don't know if you guys heard that I'm like practically TikTok famous now. I have a video that I posted the other week about those little tiny dots in the CPT book and how you can't copy the CPT book because of them. So yeah, I'm almost at 200,000 views on that TikTok. I honestly don't even, I can't even look at the comments anymore. It's just way too much. All right. So that's all I have got for you guys today. (laughs) I will see you again soon. And until then, just keep on coding on.